Welcome to a special episode of The Breakthrough Breakdown. In today's episode, Pastor Jason Miller will be sitting down with Brian Resendez and Joe Bieber of River City Church in Mason City to discuss the three nights of revival happening in North Iowa. We hope you enjoy this special episode of The Breakthrough Breakdown. Hey, welcome to The Breakthrough Breakdown. This is Jason Miller. I'm one of the pastors here at Zion. Today, we actually have a very special episode. I know that kind of sounds like one of those, for those who've grown up in the 80s, and two of my guests probably don't even know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but whenever they would do special things in a special episode, they'd always have it a very special episode, and that's what today is. Very special. So I'm here today with my buddy, say your name. Brian Resendez. Okay, I always say your last name wrong. Say it again. Resendez. Resendez. There's no Resvedez. There's no V in there whatsoever. It's all good. And tell us a little bit about what what church you're at. Yeah, so uh, my wife and I planted River City Church in Mason City a little over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard just some amazing things that are going on there. Um, You guys just celebrated your year. One year, yeah. And had your vision Sunday. Yeah, it was awesome. That's awesome. And tell for those who are listening, if if uh, here's the thing, the kingdom of God is so much bigger than just a church. Yeah. And uh, Brian and I've had the privilege of I've had the privilege of doing lunch with you a couple times and getting to know your heart. And I've actually been over for some of your services. Yeah. And really enjoy what's going on. You got an awesome worship leader over there, a guy named Jason Gangwish, yeah. who's my brother from another mother. Yeah. Very similar color though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, tell us a little bit about what's been going on there, and then we're going to introduce you to our third guest. But I'd love to hear some of the things that's going on at River City. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, first off, I just want to say how much I appreciate you and just your, you know, getting to know you. Uh, probably any pastor in the region I've connected with, it's been you. And uh, that's been awesome just to see, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of that partnership. Like you said, it's not just about what God is doing in one church. It's about what he's doing in the Capital C Church. And so uh, getting to connect, network, but also to support each other. And I'm excited about what's going to come this week, even with our two churches. But for us with River City Church, you know, our, we started a little over a year ago. We moved here. Uh, my wife's from Mason City originally, and we moved here uh, April 2020 during the shutdown. So yeah. we moved right in the middle of that. Had no idea, you know, when God called us to plant a church, we'd be moving in a, one of the weirdest times in our lifetime to ever do that. But yeah. uh, came in the middle of it. And uh, just after a couple months praying through, uh, as churches started to reopen, then we ended up having a Bible study at our house. Uh, had about 14 that gathered from there. And then we ended up getting into the Willowbrook Mall in Mason City. Okay. And uh, after that, it's just been growing ever since. We've had my my favorite thing that's happened is we've had uh, eighty eight people come to Christ in that year, which uh, to me it's that's what it's about. Yes. And so it's been awesome to see and people grow and and the relationship with God, see restoration for people who have been in ministry in different areas and in church. But this has been a season of restoration for so many people too. But it's been awesome. Yeah. So that means almost half of your church are new believers. A lot of people are new believers, yeah. That's it's, what it's church exciting. should be. Like, yeah. here's like, I'll be honest. One of the things that's frustrating for me is when churches talk about growth. Yeah. And really what the growth is, is just church swapping. Like, exactly. we're just yeah. sheep swapping. Like, yeah, man, my church is huge. I got 75 people oh, from yeah. so-and-so. Exactly. And yeah. I get it. People leave churches all the time, and that's part of it. Yeah. But here's what I mean, and this is part of the reason why I love your heart, is that desire to see people come to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, because that's really what the kingdom is supposed to be. Absolutely. And so I love that. Well, I've also got here, and he's a son of Zion, uh, was raised in this church years ago, mm-hmm. and God did some pretty remarkable stuff. Why don't you say your name and uh, tell us a little about yourself? Hi, guys. My name's Joe Bieber. Yeah, I'm, I am a son of Zion. Even when I'm down preaching in Texas, they like to introduce me as their, their spirit-filled, charismatic Lutheran. <laughs> Which that sounds oxymoronic, but did you know in the 70s there was actually a charismatic yeah. renewal called yeah. the Lutheran Renewal Movement that happened in the Midwest? It was crazy. 
where where about you know uh, Minnesota and it primarily hit Minnesota in those areas but uh there's a church up there North Heights Lutheran Church mm-hmm. and I mean they had the Holy Spirit was doing crazy stuff there um yeah so it's it, it feels weird to have Lutherans and the Holy Spirit mixed yeah. together but there was this massive revival that took place back in the 70s 70s and 80s God God knows no denominations Amen enough. to that brother yeah he knows no denominations. And I think the Lord, he meets hungry hearts. Yeah, It's the simplicity of people just saying, I want to know him more. Yeah. I want more of God in my life. You look in any revival, Lutheran, the charismatic renewal, the Jesus people movement, the first, second great awakening. I believe yeah. we're ending in the third right now. But any revival started with hungry people just getting together yeah. to pray said, I just simply want to know God more. It wasn't about what yeah. they knew in their heads. It was the simplicity of hearts yeah. crying out for the more of God. And and Joe, part of it, and if you're if you're open for it, um, you actually, I mean, you had an awakening of your own yeah. life uh, that started how many years ago? I mean, and just your brief testimony of yourself, because yeah. those people in Zion, again, most of the people who listen to this are from Zion, but. Um, yeah, God did some pretty remarkable totally. things in you. I would love to share my story. Um, I I grew up in this church, coming to church here, and um, at about when I hit about thirteen, fourteen, I was just sick of it. I just said, you know what? Like I, I, I got hurt by people in the church, and and guys, this, I'm not knocking church. People are going to hurt you in every church. That's right. Yeah, we're as believers, we're not allowed to get offended anymore. Jesus was called to the very people that rejected him. Yeah. He was reviled and didn't revile in return. We have no spot for offense. So I'm not, I'm not knocking Zion, but I just got hurt by people in the church. I, I saw one thing and read another thing in the Bible. And I was just like, I, I don't want anything to do with this, this stuff anymore. And I got into drugs and drinking and, and partying all throughout high school and was so far from God. And in my, in my mid, my early 20s, early 20s, like 21, my heart began to just just seek for God again. I, I remember in the fifth grade, I was at Ingham Bible Camp. <laughs> I was at Ingham Bible Camp, and I remember this like it was yesterday. I remember the Holy Spirit coming upon me. My hands did like the, the curl back, like claw thing for, for you Pentecostals out there. Like the Holy Spirit was touching me. And I I, I believe that I, I might have even spoke in, a, in another tongue that day when I was that age. And I remember my, telling my camp counselor about it, and they just weeped. And so I experienced God at a young age, but who knows? It's not the experience that keeps us there. Right. It's, it's the consistency of yeah. being in the word of God. The experience a lot of times opens up our hearts. And yeah. I love experience with God. I love the encounters with God, but it's the word of God that makes us steadfast, yeah. that makes us continue in our journey. And I didn't have that in my life. And in my early 20s, I, I began to seek something spiritual. Like I I got in a new age and I was having spiritual experiences and I saw all kinds of new age hippy dippy religions and um, would just get involved. But I knew that it wasn't real. I knew none of our it. It has some reality to it, but it's not the truth. Yeah. Um, and I, I knew that it wasn't good. I knew that it was evil and I knew that Jesus was the way. And I remember I I had a construction business. I I had money. I had everything worldly that I could want. But the more that I gained in the world, the more empty my heart became. Like those needs in my heart were just not getting met. Yeah. And I, uh, I sold everything that I owned and I took off in a camper and a truck. And I How said, old were you then? I was like 23. How old do you know? I'm 30. So it was about seven years ago. 
Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, probably yeah, right about seven years ago. So uh, I I just saw more of life. And the last thing I packed on this trip was me was a Bible that my grandma mm-hmm. gave me when I was fourteen years old. And I'll get into that in a little bit, but. For all you guys that are praying for your kids out there, my grandma and my mom, they prayed for me continually. I was living my life like hell, like I said, drinking, partying. Some of you guys listening to this have a prodigal in your family that's walked away from God and you just feel hopeless some days. I promise you, it was the prayers of my mother, the prayers of my grandmother. Well, so I remember when I first came here, I've been here four years now, Mm -hmm. and I think you had just gotten back from Georgia or someplace like that. Yeah. I lived down there with the pastor for a while. And I remember because your mom, who's a really good friend of mine, Lisa Bieber, mm-hmm. um, who now goes to River City, used to go to Zion years ago or this last year, mm-hmm. yeah. joined over the work going there. And I remember hearing about you and just this radical transformation that took place. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you talk about that from that seven years ago you went on, Mm-hmm. And I look at the Joe I know now. Four years ago, I remember you heading over to Bethel, mm-hmm. Bethel Reading, and I had conversations with your grandma about it because she was concerned yeah, about what Bethel I was. was. Like, yeah, <laughs> drowning in a cult and all kinds of stuff. Can yeah. you share a little bit about what what was that that moment when God grabbed you in that time in the wilderness, so yeah. to speak? Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was a place of I crashed my truck into a tree. I was drunk driving. Um, I hated myself at the time. I was so depressed, so angry, so much anger, just built up resentment and unforgiveness towards people. Guys, that stuff will poison your heart. Yeah. Like I, I encourage people so much to just check your heart, make sure you don't have any unforgiveness because it will poison you. And that bitter root just poisoned me over time. And I was so bitter and angry to the point that I didn't even know why anymore. And I was just done with myself and I crashed my truck into that tree and my best friend at the time broke her neck in the accident. And the fact that I hurt somebody else, this shame and guilt, which mm. a lot of Christians deal with, like that is, I'd say that's one of our biggest hangups, the spiritual growth, the shame yeah. and guilt of our past. Yeah. And the shame and guilt was so heavy on me. I didn't know if I could live. And I hit my knees and I just said, God, if you're real. I'll give you my life. I'll surrender everything. And I remember the shame and guilt lifting off me in a broken place. And all I could find was peace, joy, and love. And light came in and I knew it was Jesus and I knew that he loved me. And I surrendered my life to Jesus that day. And it's been just, I've just been sold out ever since um, for the Lord just just going where the wind blows, like yeah. John chapter three, where the wind blows, that's the way it the does spirit. what it wants to. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. So now when we're, we're coming together and for those who are listening and maybe you don't know this and, and I don't know when this is going to air, it'll probably be after, but maybe we'll get it up before. So we are partnering to do a three night revival Yeah. and we've got two nights at River City and then Friday night's going to be at Zion. And Joe, and I think I told you this, Joe, so earlier this year, and I don't think I shared this with you, Brian. Okay. Uh, earlier this year, I was going to Megan Dennis, our executive director, and I said, I really feel like God is calling us to do a revival. And I said, I don't know when or where or what. And she's like, I just don't know what the right timing is. I'm like, I just feel like that's something God wants to do this fall. And yeah. I'm praying about it. And then like two months later, Joe calls me and was like, hey, I have this idea. Yeah. And I love how God works in those things because I honestly, I kind of put her down on the, I tamped it down because we had a lot going on over this yeah. year. And so we're partnering with you, and it's your new ministry, Proclaim Mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
And share a little bit about that. And then what I'm excited to hear about is what are we looking forward to? And I don't know if you've ever been a part of a revival meeting before. Yeah. Brian, have you? Oh, yeah. I've been a part of a couple. I've never, never yeah. led any, never had church's partner, always yeah. attended. Yeah. Um, but share a little bit about Proclaim Jesus, the stuff yeah. that you're doing and kind of what what are we what are we expecting and what are we believing God wants to do over the next three days? And that starts tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday. Yeah. We should probably get this out pretty quick. <laughs> no, I guys, I God's gonna come and do the impossible in these meetings. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And the same Jesus we read about in the Bible is gonna meet us in the meeting. The Jesus that heals the sick, the Jesus that cleanses the leper, the Jesus that heals the broken heart, yeah. that can rip shame off of someone in a moment and they can go rejoicing running through Clear Lake saying, I just met a man who told me everything about my life. The, the wonder-working power of the Holy Spirit can transform a heart. And I've always functioned as an evangelist in, in my ministry in my younger years, but about January, the Lord started really sending me around um, the country to minister to churches. And I've ministered to churches a lot in the past, but but not not like I have. And it's been more of an equipping. So if you're listening to this and you're going to come to these meetings, you're going to be equipped. And what do I what do I mean when I say equipped? Um, the Apostle Paul, I believe it's in the book of First Timothy, said, I long to come to you to lay hands, or is it Romans 1? These guys on Romans. Romans 1. I long to come to you and lay hands so you will receive a spiritual gift. And I love the ministry of teaching. I'm sitting next with two men that are amazing teachers. I love listening to them teach. They both have an anointed teaching gift on their life. But there's another thing that equips you besides teaching, listening, and learning. And it's equipping through the Spirit of God. It's it's impartation. And there's going to be impartation released in these meetings. Say more about that because that's, that's, that's one of those words that some people are like, what does that mean? Yeah. So what do you mean by impartation? Impartation is when... When we receive the the Holy Spirit into our lives, we each walk in different offices. There's there's the five gifts of Christ, right? There's the apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor. Not everybody has these. These are offices. And what are these gifts for? People think, oh, I, I've got the office of an evangelist. That office is not for me. It's for you guys listening. Because it's to train the saints, to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Yeah, Ephesians 4. Yeah. We're all called to the work of ministry. And that's what these revival meetings are, are about. Not just you encounter God personally. Like First and foremost, these revival meetings are all about Jesus. Yeah. We come to gather and to worship Jesus, to pour our hearts out before him. And, and when we minister the Lord, he begins to minister to us in these meetings. And they won't function like a normal church service. When, when I do these revival meetings, I, I yield to the Holy Spirit. I listen like Jesus. Remember what Jesus said? He says, I only do what I hear the Father saying. So when we're doing revival meetings, it's yielding to the Holy Spirit. They won't look like a church service. Sometimes we might, oh, we feel the Holy Spirit saying to pray for healing right now, and we'll lay hands on people. The Bible says lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's that's Mark 16 in the book of James. It says, um, let the elders anoint with oil and lay hands, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. So I just encourage you guys, if you're listening, I have seen Jesus heal um anything from a hurt little finger to a sore back to heal cancer in this last year i saw a man recently get healed of stage four cancer um sick every morning uh 
down in a homeless camp. I'll share this testimony really quick and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you. And this is revival, guys. When someone is dead in their heart and we all have those dead places in our heart. We've all become hard in our heart in areas. We've all become numbed out. We've all become, we're all broken in a way. Um, but revival breathes life on something that's dead. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even know what that is until you, you see Jesus. You feel the Holy Spirit. You encounter the Holy Spirit in this moment. And I was down in a homeless camp. Um, that's a whole nother story, but I'll share this one quick. And this guy planted a garden right down in this park. Like the, this is California. This is in Iowa. And uh, I was talking to this guy. I said, if God was real, what would you want him to do for you? And he says to me, I have stage four cancer all over my body. I'm sick every morning. I'm so full of fear and anxiety, and it, it just makes my sickness worse, and I, I can't live this way anymore. I felt the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit come upon me. When I say anointing, I felt the tangible presence of God was there to perform a miracle. And I put my hands on this guy's chest and said, be healed in the name of Jesus. And I was, I, I spoke like Colossians three, which is, and I pray that the peace of Christ will rule and reign in your heart. Holy spirit, knock this man on the ground by the power of God. And I tried to wake him up. He was in a, what the Bible would say is, is a trance or a, a vision. We, we see this all throughout the old Testament and, and the new in the book of Acts. We see this. And, um, it was like 20 minutes he was out for. And when he came up, I asked him, I said, so what happened to you? And he said, I saw Jesus and his face was brighter than the sun. This guy's unchurched. I looked at the face of Jesus and it was brighter than the sun. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And the Lord took me down and showed me hell. He saw the darkness, the depravity of hell saw how evil and broken it was. And he said, I don't want to be here. He says, the Lord said to him, this is where you're going to go if you keep living this way. And then guess where the Lord took him, showed him heaven, said, but if you choose to follow me, this is what I have for you. And what did he show him in heaven? A big, beautiful house that was all his, that was made, that was prepared just for him. It was everything we'd ever want. And this is, guys, this stuff is pure scriptural of the things I'm saying. And this guy is an unchurched person. And not only that, he was throwing up every morning. All the symptoms of cancer have left this man's body since then. And he is now a witness for the Lord. He's been witnesses. He's been leading people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. and, and this is revival, guys. It wasn't anything that was taught. It wasn't anything that I could do. It's simply God moved through my obedience in a simple act to bring his power, to bring resurrection life to man and true transformation and god doesn't want to just do this in a homeless camp he wants to do this in every human heart yeah so what share a little bit about your experiences with the revivals or renewal now real quickly uh there are two phrases for those who are listening who may not be familiar in the charismatic or yeah. that talk through the holy spirit language mm -hmm. kind of church stuff so you have renewal and revival mm -hmm. Uh, renewal is typically when God works into a church to bring re-energizing life to it, uh, to renew. Maybe it's because they're tired. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen a lot of renewals. That, that I've been part of uh, yeah. probably more. Revival is exactly what Joe talked about. It's God literally bringing back what was dead. Yeah. And it's spiritual, obviously. Um, and I actually believe that God wants to do both. I think that we're yeah. going to have people showing up at this who are tired and weary. 
who mm-hmm. have been going through the Christian faith with no power, um, no joy. Yeah. And I think God is wanting to awaken to yes. renew what's been tired. But I'd love to hear some of your experiences and maybe what you're excited about over this coming week. And yeah. how is uh, how is River City responding to this so far? So yeah, well, we're we're really expectant that God's going to move. You know, we we feel like there's just this time in our in our story and in, in history. It's like He mentioned the Great Awakening. He's mentioned the Jesus People Movement. There's always you know, and I, I believe an opportunity in every generation to experience the move yeah. of God. I don't feel like our generation has had that yes. yet. We've talked about it for We've years. We've talked about it, yeah. Yes. And I feel like there's a hunger and there's a stirring. And, you know, I've had conversations with people since, of course, the shutdowns and the pandemic and a lot of what's happened. And there's so many people in church that are discouraged. And I feel like this is the greatest opportunity for the church in our lifetime. Yeah. I, I feel like this is an yes. opportunity to see people who don't know Jesus come to Christ. And ultimately, to me, revival isn't just an event. It's 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 the person of Jesus encountering somebody's yes. life. Amen, yeah. And so, uh, you know, whether that's somebody who's been in church their whole life or somebody who's been on the streets and has never known God, you know. And so for me, I've always, you know, we've had a hunger for it for years. Um, we've been a part of great churches all over the country in Florida and Arizona in particular and uh, have seen God move in a lot of special ways. We were uh, in youth ministry in 2010, I think it was, uh, in Florida and saw you know, like any youth pastor, you know, camp was like the big drive or getting kids to camp. And uh, we came in with another uh, staff member. We had two locations and we were both the new youth pastors. And so we came in and, you know, smaller group of kids. Uh, and, you know, we didn't know what to expect other than we were believing God to move. And so we brought all these kids up to this little campground in Florida. It's near Ocala. We get up there and we had been for as a team praying and fasting for 21 days wow. with, with their parents and family and just as a staff but just weren't really sure, you know, uh, I wasn't getting any clear direction on sermons and all this. I mean, I, I was at a place like, I felt like this wall was there and I'm like, God, what is going on? Have I even read the Bible before? <laughs> like, that's just kind of how I felt. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been there before, you know, oh, yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. I'm yeah. like, okay, I've been praying for, you know, 21 days where, and so I had this whole plan of what we were supposed to do and God just totally ripped, you know, ripped that up. And <laughs> so we're gonna do something else. And we watched God in that wow. group just pour out his spirit and saw kids just like he was talking about where we had kids who were totally unchurched that their parents sent them to youth camp to fix them. You know, they sent their kids up there and we had this one kid in particular who had an encounter with Jesus, like that story you just shared. And we saw from that, not only that youth group get ignited, but when they came back, started leading their friends to Christ, saw a group of about 30 blow up to, for that community, a a large group of 300 uh, students. And the high school was right across the street and they started seeing you know, the biggest partiers in the school get saved, like all these things were happening and bringing people to Christ. And so got to see a youth revival there break out, which was so incredible. Now many of those are leaders and in church themselves are all, you know, grown up. But just to see what God's done, you know, we were part of a great church in, in Phoenix that experienced uh, restoration and, and has seen revival, uh, 150 people to 4,000 now in that church. And, uh, but to see just God is in the business of restoration. He's right. in the business of, you know, I've, I've said it from the beginning, you know, part of my background, I, at seven years old, accepted Christ, you know, began a relationship with Jesus, but didn't grow up in church. So while we had a great Christian family, we were never really active in church. And church is so important from that standpoint of getting you rooted and growing in your faith and, get you know, building you up. Uh, but I didn't have that. And so for a long time, I just kind of floundered until I was a teenager and had, you know, for me, kind of my Jesus calling me back, you know, and, and had an encounter with God myself that changed my life. And from that point, I just realized, like, I don't want to just play church religion. Religion doesn't change lives. Mm-hmm. I started in ministry in the inner city in Phoenix. And, you know, religion won't 
set a drug addict free or, right. you know, heal a broken life. And so that's, that's what's been amazing to see Jesus transform lives. And that's what he does. And what Joe's sharing is what I believe God's going to do here, right here in North Iowa. You know, yeah. I, I think we're primed for a move of God you know, in North Iowa. And I love what God's doing in Zion. I love what he's doing at River City Church. And I think that's just the beginning. There's going to be so much more. I think this is, we've just seen the first fruit of, to put in biblical terms, you know, of of what's going to be happening. And I'm expecting, I think, you know, God's going to turn this whole place upside down. The, uh, it's interesting is that when you look at, um, God seems to be doing something in small towns. Mm -hmm. Joe and I were talking about this, this last week. Um, for the longest time, all the emphasis has been about going to the city. Got to go to the city, got to go to the city. And, and I get it. Like yeah. the cities is where the cosmopolitan, and I here's what I think is happening. And I I don't, I don't want to speak for the Holy Spirit, um, but I think that the Holy Spirit is now beginning to turn his attention and affections. Not that he ever stopped caring, yeah. but we're seeing God awakening yeah. people in small towns, and we're seeing God doing things. And and here's why I think this is. I think this last year between COVID, the race riots, everything else going on. I think we just saw a lot of the brokenness in the cities. Yeah. And here's the thing about living in small town Iowa. And it really is a unique thing when you think about it is in a lot of ways we're insulated, but we're not. Yeah. Like I, 100 years ago, 25, 50 years ago, you didn't have internet. You didn't have things that connected everything. But we hear about those things and we see them to a degree. But now I think we're starting to see more and more people leaving the cities who are wanting to move to smaller communities. And I think that God and his infinite wisdom being the Holy Spirit, I think God is starting to stir. And I think we're going to see some of these things going on. I think what I'm most excited about for this, I know from people from Zion or even from our community, that uh, this is going to be new for some people. Mm -hmm. And and that's okay. And uh, I think that I look at what God's been doing over the last year, particularly at Zion. And, you know, we've been talking more about the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and the life of the Holy Spirit. Um, there's a book by Jeremy Riddle. If you're not familiar with Jeremy Riddle, a very well-known worship leader, mm-hmm. he has a book called Reset. Yeah. And for the longest time, it felt like the purpose of church was about entertainment. Yeah. And now you have an entire generation that is tired of being entertained in their faith. Yeah. They want an encounter with Jesus. That's right. Yeah. They want an encounter with something that's tangible, visible, something that is not just lights and fog machines, which don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with lights and fog machines as long as that's not the goal. That's right. And I think what my prayer is and what I'm hoping for is that not just for people at Zion, but this is also why I think the partnership is so critical, yeah. is it how quickly we get caught up in all these little kingdoms thinking it's about Zion and it's about River City, when in yeah. reality, man, if, if North Iowa is going to be taken by storm for Jesus, it's not going to be because Zion did it or because River City did it. It's yeah. because we as the church has started acting like the outposts that we are because we're not the kingdom. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're the outposts of the kingdom. I just preached on that this last week. Mm-hmm. Is So often we think the church is what the kingdom of God is. No, we're outposts. We're safety nets. We're the places where yeah. you go for respite. Yeah. The kingdom is what God is doing outside of the building. Yeah. And, and so I'm really excited about it. I know for me, one of my experiences, uh, I remember I got saved at a Baptist church going into high school. And it was a Kara's Baptist, which, is a, which just meant that we could, we could occasionally close our eyes and lift our hands if the song said to. There you go. <laughs> um, and and I, th- I, this is, I didn't even realize how like, revolutionary we were as a church. First Baptist Church of Oklahoma, where I came to Christ. Uh, we had a full worship team with drums and electric guitar in 1990. Wow. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. I and mean, we weren't a big church. We were the small church who had some very talented musicians. 
we also happened to have timpanis on the stage. So it was, and we had an organist in the whole bit. It was the weirdest oh, yeah. thing. But I remember uh, my, my buddy who went to a vineyard church, and a vineyard's a very charismatic church, invited me. And I've always enjoyed music. I was a worship leader. I've led worship for 30 years now. And uh, he invited me and played some songs from the Vineyard, who back in the 90s were kind of the, they were setting the pace for what is now happening in music today. Yeah. And I remember the first time I heard a Vineyard, I think this the song was Father of Lights. And I remember hearing the song and going, oh my gosh, I didn't, not just that it could sound like this, but it just, the, the spirit, yeah. the mm -hmm. atmosphere felt different. So he invited me up, uh, this buddy of mine who was an, uh, an intern at Anaheim Vineyard. And Anaheim Vineyard was kind of the, the yeah. Mecca, so to speak. It's yeah. the, the yeah. holy place of the vineyard movement. Yeah. It's where John Wimber, the founder of the vineyard, started. Yeah. And they had this conference called Doing the Stuff. Yeah. And so my buddy says, hey, dude, drive up. I'm like 19 years old, good old Baptist kid. <laughs> and I drive up. And he neglected to tell me it costs to get into the thing. So I think it's just this free thing I go to. And I show up and like ticket. And I'm like, what? Well, where's your bracelet? I'm like, I don't, I don't wear bracelets. Yeah. And so he gets the, the guy, Todd Hunter who I think was heading it up at that point, got me in for free for the this three-day event. And I remember walking in. And what year was this, Jason? Uh, I'm sorry. 94? 94. Okay. 94, 95. And uh, I remember going up and the music, God was doing some pretty remarkable things. Yeah. I didn't know what to do with it. Like the sense of the Holy Spirit. And there were some weird things. And here's the thing. Like sometimes weird things happen at revivals. Yeah. And I'm looking around going, I, I, I don't know, like my eyes are the size of saucers because I'm just freaked out. I'm, people are crying, laying down. There's all kinds of weird stuff happening. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say, just be present. Mm, so good. And I remember just closing my eyes and starting to worship. And I had an encounter with Jesus in a way I'd never encountered before. Awesome. And that was actually my first glimpse. And I eventually ended up, I was a worship leader in the vineyard for several years. Um. But that's where I got exposed to the Holy Spirit moving in the life of the church and, and, and really began to see this desire for the Spirit to move. Yeah. And what I, what I appreciated about things like this event that's going on over the next three days, and I appreciate about you, Brian, and you, Joe, I think our community right now in Clear Lake and Mason City, Ventura, Garner, North Iowa, I think they're hungry for something so more. hungry. Yeah. And that's where I was when I drove up to that event, which it was the doing the stuff event. Yeah. I was hungry for something more. I, I'd gotten a taste of it. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, have you ever, uh, you ever driven by like a barbecue restaurant and you can smell it. Oh yeah. Smelling. It's not the same thing as actually <laughs> partaking in it. Yeah. And I think there's, there's this, this whiff of what the Holy Spirit's been doing. And I think people are getting senses of it. This is an opportunity to actually taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm, that's right. Yeah, come on. And I think what I'm praying for is that this begins something new for all of our churches, and not just ours, but that we see other churches. Yeah. Um, and this is my desire, and I, I hope in a year from now we can say that we had 86 people baptized yeah. and give their life to Christ yeah. at Zion. Um, and I know we've had several. We've seen marriages restored. I mean, God's done some pretty remarkable things. But uh, moments like this become yeah. movements. That's right. And that's the thing. Moments turn into movements if, you, if you're willing to not just seek the moment, but actually look for what God wants to do in it. Um, so I'm, I'm jazzed about what's coming up. Now, who's leading worship for this event? Um, 
Well, first, it's Jason. Jason Gangwish will be leading worship Wednesday night. And then my friend who's who's a minister, he's he has been a worship leader through revival, carries the presence of the Lord. He starts strumming the guitar, and you can just tangibly feel Jesus in the room. He's he's just a true gift of God. His name's Justin Heckle. He's from Omaha. He's living in, in South Dakota right now. He's he's been a part of he's led worship for for revivals that have got extended. See, that's that's when we know we've hit revival, guys. When if, it gets if, extended, if, when people if, just want to keep on meeting. If if the meetings if the meetings extend, then we know revival because God's doing something. I believe revival when I when I come to these to do these meetings and and stuff like that, I just surrender it all to God and and I say, Lord, you can you can do whatever you want. I'll stay here as as long as you want because it's it's not my time. My life belongs to Him. Yeah. And when we come to that place with that yielded heart, just to say, you know what, I'm putting everything else aside. I just want to know Jesus more. I just want to experience Him in a way I never have before. I just want to encounter His love today. That that's when we know we've hit revival when everything else seems to stop, but we're just caught up in a moment like what you're talking about and God becomes so real and and not just become real. But when God comes in the room and the gospel becomes real to people, that they know that they're forgiven, that their sins are forgiven. There's a level of freedom that comes upon someone when that baggage, that burden of sin that's weighed him down, gets lifted off and is gone. It brings freedom when when people get revelation. There's a difference between knowing something in your head or studying something and revelation that comes into your heart. When the revelation that Jesus Christ, the son of God died for you, rose again, and he's alive and wants to come live inside of you, your sins are forgiven and forgotten. That's revival because you know, you're born again and the freedom people walk in revival brings transformation. Repentance is the start, repentance of our sin through the cross, but then walking in resurrection life. That's revival. But um, yeah, Justin Heckel, he'll be doing worship. He's he's so gifted. I, I can't wait for you guys to come out to these things because he uh, he's just a guy that just acoustic guitar. But it's, it's not about the big band. It's like yeah. what you talked about earlier. It's about the Holy Spirit. Right. And worship is not singing a song. It's we come together. See, we're all a part of these meetings. We come to minister to God, to minister to Jesus. Well, I think that's what a lot of people forget is that the purpose of worship is not for us. It's our opportunity to minister to God. And when that when that ministry happens and here's the thing about God, he's a God who reciprocates in love. And, And so so often we come in asking, what do I get? And that's really what we're really we're praying is that as we come and give to the Lord, that the Spirit does exactly what the Spirit promises. Yeah. You know, that the Word will not return void, that God is going to do something and move in something. And and I'm also looking forward, I think this is the beginning of some greater partnerships in the future between mm-hmm. yeah. what God is doing between our two churches, little C churches, yeah. and the big C. Absolutely. Um, well, hey, I'm super excited. You know what I'd love to do is after this revival, and we'll see what God wants to do, I think it'd be fun to do another yeah. a follow-up podcast. And maybe you can be here if you're still here or not. Yeah. I think it'd be great to hear some of the stories and maybe some testimonies, testimonies and lives mm-hmm. changed. And yeah. uh, guys, thank you so much for being here, Brian. Man, I just so appreciate you yeah, and your heart. You and, us. and Joe, man, it's great having you back. Mm-hmm. And, and you're here. When do you leave from? Uh, I'll probably try to take off early um, next week. Okay. So. So this is going on from Wednesday to Friday. 
Friday night, two nights at River City, one night, and depending on when this gets posted, some people might get to hear it before. It's going to be, actually, it's going to be posted on Thursday, so sweet. Um, well, hey, guys, thank you so much. Uh, Lord bless you, keep you, face, may his face shine upon you and his countenance be good to you. Uh, God is so good to be here with you guys. Love you both and excited for the next couple of days. Peace out. Thank you for listening to The Breakthrough Breakdown. If you want any more information on us here at Zion or River City Church in Mason City, you can check us out on our social media. And if you're wanting any more information on the three nights of revival happening in North Iowa, you can check us out on our websites, www.zionclearlake.org or www.rivercitychurch.com. Thank you so much for listening to the special episode of The Breakthrough Breakdown.